thanks for making time to come back because we got we kind of got cut short last time and and so we needed to schedule a part two um and and we we're getting cut short short again <laughs> well, it's always a pleasure and it's great to do this in episodes i feel like we're kind of doing a netflix thing and i don't know if you're going to stream these segment yeah. by segment or all at once but no uh, there'll probably be some well i'll probably put in fact the one that we did last time oh by the way i forgot i need to as you can see i'm uh i'm drinking the pellegrino today because uh we have to boil our water in in houston <laughs> and uh as you I, so did that make national news you oh yeah that, it's, you, it was in the new york times nope that we had that well so we live i live outside the city so we live in the county so there's a, we're a separate water system out there but um but in in the in the city yes yeah, so now the mayor said we believe because they waited eight hours to announce after the power failure with a low pressure in the purification system, they waited eight hours to say, "Hey, everybody, you should really boil your water before you drink it." And but the mayor said, "Well, we we really believe that the water's safe, but just because of the regulatory rules, we're required to to notify you to boil the water. But we think the water's fine." So, what? How do you interpret that? Is, I interpret that <laughs> watching them. Are they drinking the water? <laughs> One of the figures at the regulatory system and saying, we don't really buy it. That plays well, particularly in Texas. But the question is, would you drink that water, sir? Can I see you drink a glass can of I? that water or a pitcher maybe? And more importantly, can I see you give some to your children, though I wouldn't yes. want to harm your children? And yeah. then we'll make an informed decision about what we think you really think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, um, yeah, that would, that would probably... I mean, so... Like I said, we're outside, but but the studio here in the studio we are. It is Houston City Water here in the studio. So um, I guess that means I'm not going to use the ice machine. Uh, but usually, usually I would be drinking from the bar, which is right over there. But uh, my, it's possible I may have had kind of a late night last night. It was a little long, so I'm maybe still drying out a little bit. So I got my water. So how are things? And, and this is I'm laughing about the the water thing because it was just what was it like two days ago when I sent you this snarky picture in a text right that said showed two dollars and 40 cents i was paying for gasoline which it's what, what is it in san francisco like four bucks five bucks oh ridiculous no it's between five and six bucks depending on where you go so you know my little car which has about a 12 gallon tank has gone from about just under a hundred bucks to fill up to about between 60 and 70 to fill up which feels like real progress out here yeah like free, practically free it's like it's almost yeah. nothing well um, i remember when i was a kid and gasoline was two or three bucks a gallon i haven't seen it that with there was one point during the pandemic when yeah. gas was really low but aside from that now that's ridiculous well you must remember though okay so i don't know i i feel like you and i are similar ages uh we are uh, we are um in the eighties, when I first got my driver's license in the eighties, early eighties, it was it was right after the oil crash in eighty three. So uh, I started driving in eighty two. So, and gas, uh, at least here in, in Texas, was down to like seventy nine cents a gallon for after that after that crash uh, for for a while. And I used to ha I had a nineteen seventy five Honda Civic, 
and I could fill up the tank for about eight bucks. That was that was, <laughs> that was all they cost. Did did you not have? Did that not happen in in California? Oh, you might, um, you weren't in. Were you not in the country then? I, I can't. No, I, I was here. I can't believe you can remember how much it. <laughs> it's funny as hell that you had a Honda, Honda Civic and that I had a Plymouth Barracuda, but put that aside for a moment. <laughs> I can't remember how much it costs to fill it. I can remember gas being around a, a buck, a buck and a quarter a gallon. I don't ever remember it being under a dollar a gallon, but yeah. you it, know, it, it been. wasn't top of my radar either. Yeah, I just remember because I remember I could pretty much get the spare change out of my car and and uh, anyway. Uh, uh, but speaking of California uh, today, and and by the way, uh, I didn't really properly introduce you, David Kippen. Uh, you you're the episode that you that we recorded already that actually hasn't come out yet because you know I I, I did a whole bunch. So the show launched about a month ago. I did a whole bunch of episodes, you know, to kind of get it going, and I believe that yours. So, so the one we already did is going to publish, I think, next week. It's on the schedule for okay. next week. So then this one will come somewhere. somewhere. It probably won't be right after that, but it'll be uh, probably within – I don't want to give people two in a row with you because they might no. they might lose interest in the show. And then, they might well, just yeah. leave. Yeah. And then, um, but, uh, but, but one of the things that we wanted to talk about last time, which we did not have time for, is this town – uh, so under the heading of the American dream, there's this town, this remarkable city in California. And I can't remember anything that you said about it, except that it was really interesting and we wanted to come back and talk about it again. So what, what, what is that all about? So the city is Antioch, California. Antioch. Antioch has such an interesting history. So it was founded, um, it's one of the oldest cities in California. It's older than the state of California. And, uh, it's, I'm, I'm trying to, Think of how to describe where it is. It's older than the state. So, yeah. Well, the state only came around in 1852. So, right. Sure. right. So that's not ridiculously old. But still, Antioch has been here for a long time. Uh, if you think about San Francisco Bay, it sort of goes north to south. There's down here San Jose. Up here is San Pablo Bay. There's the Golden Gate right there. And then it takes a sharp turn this way mm-hmm. toward the east. And yeah. gradually, it, it's a couple of rivers. That One of them, the San, San Joaquin River. The other goes up to Sacramento. And right up at the juncture of those rivers is where the city of Antioch sits. Back then, that was really important. It was the transshipment point between Sacramento and San Francisco, it's kind of where fresh water met salt water, very deep port. And um, just up the hills from there, there was coal, which could be mined. And also it was, because there was nearby coal, a place glass was manufactured. So really early on in California history, it became one of these you know, tough, self-reliant little communities that um, had trade, that mm-hmm. had... Um, produce of stuff first coal and then glass and stuff around that eventually there were paper factories and stuff in antioch today antioch's a very different city um it sort of withered away for a long time after about the 1950s the paper mill shut 
The city was never mm. very big to begin with. It had a population of about 10,000 people, and it looked like it was on its way to either maybe going away or being absorbed by a neighborhood city. But um, what happened instead was development came, and developers started basically speculating in Antioch and the surrounding areas. And so Antioch was built up here from the delta, but as you go down, there's a long stretch between the delta and this huge park around mm. Mount, Mount Diablo that Antioch grew into. This is important. I'll tell you why in a second. Okay, okay. I'm so tracking. What, I'm trying to keep in all the details. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what happens is um, developers and the tax base from development gradually fuels the city, and it becomes an economy based on basically there are homes here, reasonably affordable homes, big homes for California, and good freeways. Then in 2008, 2009, 2010, when the real estate market implodes, right. the tax base for Antioch completely goes away. And this city becomes in California, and in a lot of places, New York, New York Times featured it in one of the articles about um, the out-of-control real estate market. Antioch becomes right next the, to the article about Houston uh, boiling water. There's right, right, yeah, there, right, yeah, there. right there. Yeah, I think it's B one. I can't believe I can't believe we made it into the New York Times. So <laughs> I'll send you a clip. It's pretty funny. But um, Antioch becomes the poster child of everything that's wrong with the spec market, and also. Uh. Right. People fled Antioch because a lot of the people who had bought housing in Antioch were just trying to flip it. And mm. so the flippers fled. There's a bunch of empty real estate. City's got no money because the tax base has gone away. So they can't fund the police. Crime runs rampant. How, um, how big of a city are we talking about roughly? 151,000. Yeah. Pretty, pretty big yeah. city. Did you say that already? I'm sorry. I might have missed that. So, yeah, so that's a good size. That's not a, yeah. It's not a small town. Yeah. No, it's. Yeah. I think it's the biggest city in um, Contra Costa County, or the second biggest city in Contra Costa County, which is one of the five counties that makes up uh, um, this side of the Bay Area, or the right. east side of the Bay Area. So crime, so there's no money, crime's going crazy. Right, and so after all of that, in 2015, Antioch's come through the worst of it, but from a reputational standpoint, it's bruised, and particularly in the Bay Area. It's just um, anytime you hear about Antioch, it's a bad news story. It's just bad. So they reached out to our agency and a few others, and they said, hey, we've got this challenge. We've got what we think is a pretty great city, but right now people just think of it as you know this, this wasteland of criminality and stuff. Mm. So what? Can, how can you help? What can you do? So... Long story short, we went there, we set up an office there, talked to a bunch of people, really got our feet underneath us, and we found that the word on the street was completely wrong. Antioch was actually, and I believe this to my core, the last place in the Bay Area where the California dream is attainable. Because mm. today you have this incredible combination of affordable real estate, and I don't mean junk real estate, I mean really nice houses that an ordinary person working an ordinary job can afford. You've got- Today, you have, you have that today, today. In, in Antioch. 
today wow. yeah you can get a nice house in the lower mid hundreds in antioch which in no, california is that's crazy crazy wow and it gets better because of all that history of antioch being a place that got things done uh there's deep water infrastructure there's not just light industry there's stuff that's zoned for heavy industry Huh. available in Antioch. There are right. big parcels of land available in Antioch, and there's a city council that's really dedicated to helping businesses survive in Antioch. So there's this esprit de corps in Antioch of, um, come make it, come show yeah. us what you can do. That's actually pretty remarkable and pretty wonderful. So our agency's been working on putting the word out, but I think there's a larger story there that says, what does it say about a place like the Bay Area that only a place like Antioch can truly say, come here for the California dream? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, that, that is Life remarkable. is good elsewhere, but only in Antioch can an ordinary person with an ordinary set of goals, like I'm not going to build Facebook, I just want, I want to start a machine shop, or... Yeah. I want to do something with my hands or I want to do something with craft or cannabis or whatever. That's the place to go, but you got to go there to make it happen. Yeah. So what, that is fascinating. Um, uh, so there's a couple things I'm thinking about there. One is you mentioned a couple times, California dream, which, uh, is interesting. It's, it's sort of, um, in, if, uh, in the universe of the American dream, there's kind of different like the california dream is one of those like flavors i guess you could say of yeah. the american dream um which uh uh i mean people used to write songs about going to california right um uh so it's interesting that that is still alive somewhere but how um what 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 keeps it how how does it not how does Antioch now not just get absorbed into uh, what, what's the how, what's the bubble? How does it stay? How does it stay what it is and not basically just get absorbed into everything else that California is now? Which isn't I'm not saying is a terrible thing, but it's obviously different. Well, I think um, I think we need to talk for a second about what California is. It's not a homogeneous thing, right? So I, I guess well, when I'm talking okay, about the yeah. California dream, I'm talking about within the Bay Area, within the greater Bay Area, where um, the price of everything is very high and where it's really, it's difficult to have a good life or a great life if you don't also have some privilege, some educational attainment, some money to start with, yeah, or some yeah. kind of context that gives you a leg up. It's a really hard place to come and to say, by, by the dint of my effort, being just a normal human being without anything special, I'm going to make it in the Bay Area. Of course, people can and they do, but there are way easier places like Houston, for example, yeah, yeah, sure. to come make it happen. Antioch is unique in the Bay Area, but it's not unique in California. There are a lot of places in California that are much less expensive, but the difference is they're also not very connected. So if you look at the Central Valley, there are cities like Bakersfield, like Buttonwillow, like um, Chico. There are a lot of places where you can live a very nice California life, but it's a huge state. 
And what you give up is you're not very connected to what you might consider the centers of energy or reputation that really emanate from Los Angeles and mm-hmm. yeah. you know that core area and from the Bay Area. So they're about, I think there are about 13 different slices you can take of California that are fairly unique and different. And the thing about Antioch is it is here. What's going to keep it from being swallowed up, I think, is just a, the, the dint of geography. Antioch is up and to the right from the rest of the Bay Area. It's far enough away that it's not going to meld into and become part of you know, Berkeley or Richmond or yeah, Oakland. Yeah. It's just right. too far away. It's its own thing. But it's also not close enough to a Sacramento or a Walnut Creek to be absorbed by them either. So it's a question. What are yeah. you going to be when you grow up? Yeah. It, so you made so you made an interesting point, which uh, which you always do. Uh, but uh, as you're talking, I'm realizing, yeah, I think the those of us outside of California, certainly here in Texas, we tend to think that it's California is. I, I mean, obviously, we know that there's different areas and regions, and some places where you grow wine, and some places where you don't grow wine, and, and or grow, grow, grow. Did I just say grow wine? Grow, <laughs> make wine, grow grapes, <laughs> whatever you want to do. I said it was a long night last night. Um, you know, but but I guess we do tend to think that of it as this. Uh, sort of ubiquitous everything wherever you go in california uh you you know you're gonna pay over a million dollars for a a, for a two-bedroom fixer-upper and uh and and we do we kind of have a uh i I think we think of it all as being more or less the same yeah in, in that regard like there's there's obviously different industries and businesses in california from different places but in terms of where people kind of live and lifestyle and what you do i think we think of that as being all more or less like the same thing well i think that, um it's not and i think in texas you've got um fewer flavors of difference than we have out here you've got Areas like um, the out toward Louisiana, where it gets a lot more wet and hilly and full of trees, you've got the coast, and then you've got sort of the plains. California has mountains and oceans and deserts and all kinds of different terrains yeah, that have attracted right. different kinds of people. But more importantly, you know, the California dream predates all of that. If you think about Steinbeck <coughs> and the Great of Wrath, when the Dust Bowl happened, people came from the center of the country where agriculture had failed out to California because of the agricultural heartland, because we had and still have this incredibly good soil and rain. And um, back in the day, you could put a you could put a broom in the ground and it would grow. And that wasn't about tech. It wasn't about million dollar homes. It was really about, it was the, about getting the right broom. You had to have the right broom. Yeah. That was the, yeah. well, right. It was about the Central Valley. And it was about the opportunities available in California through hard work to be successful. You know, and I think that's in our lifetime that's changed to something much more focused on um, the drivers of money in very select parts of California that aren't indicative yeah, of a yeah. state at all. Interesting. So um, I should have backed up. When you first said California Dream, I should have backed up and we talk about what that is because 
because when you said that, I immediately had a, a notion, and I think this is this is this is part of what makes uh, I don't know maybe, maybe this is part of what over the course of decades and centuries drives silos in, in I'm thinking in terms of the whole United States and all the different places, right? We, at the, it's like the more information and the more things we know and the more able we are to, um, <laughs> totally lost the point. Let me back up. The point was that you said California dream and I immediately had something in my head of what I thought that was. Um, I didn't, when you say California dream, I didn't say, Oh, what is that? I don't know what that is. I had something in my head, but now as you're talking, I'm thinking maybe we don't have the same, we're not thinking the same thing. And that was my point about as we, as we know more and more, but there's so much diversity from one place to another that we end up thinking that we know things that we don't, but we're not all thinking the same thing. So that's such a good point. Yeah, do you know, did that make sense? Yeah, the second totally. time I tried yeah, to say I mean, it? if you yeah. think about the song, California dreaming, that yeah. you know was part of the summer of love. That is, I think, what most people would probably first think about. They'd think about either the summer of love or they'd think about getting rich and famous. But those, the summer of love is hearkening back to a much earlier view of the California dream that was, you know, kind of agricultural, pre-industrial in some ways, and had much more to do with just what a beautiful landscape yeah. this state is and how it was still available and you could come out here and you could get an incredibly beautiful plot of land and take care of yourself when i think about opportunity when i think about the california dream i think much more in terms of self-sufficiency the ability to be self-reliant the ability to just make it without being extraordinary or having extraordinary advantage it's so funny because I think I had we not been having this conversation, I would think exactly the opposite. I would think, I would think, oh well, California is so sure. We would all love to live in a place where the weather's always good and the scenery's beautiful and all of the things. But how the hell are you going to live there? Because you can't afford it, and the only way that you're going to you do, do it is, and if you move there from Texas, then you got to get used to a whole different set of rules about things. And uh, and and how's anybody going to? Um, how's anybody like like? To, in my mind, it's like. Um, you have to have the the, the um, you know the exceptional situation. You have to be in some special situation if you want to if you want to uh, to go there. And what you said was the opposite. Well, I mean, I think I think both points of view are right. The reason Antioch is branded around opportunity lives here is because it is unique and because everything you said is true in the rest of the Bay Area. It's not true of the rest of the state. It's not true everywhere. But it would also be really disingenuous of me to say that today it's like it was in, you know, in Steinbeck's time. It's not true sure. that you can yeah, move yeah, to the yeah. Central Valley and just sort of homestead your way to success. People in Central California, have they're having a really tough time. One of the yeah. reasons that there's so much energy in the Republican Party in Central California, I, I don't think it is philosophical. I think it's practical. I think it's because it's a very hard place and for many folks in many lines of work feels like an overly regulated overtaxed place to do what people want to do and that's very different from you know the 
California Steinbeck wrote about. But I want to pick up on another thread in what you said. I think there's a megaphone effect today Mm. that's very different. So when you hear about California, where are you hearing from? Most of what you're hearing about is coming from the Los Angeles basin in the form of media, and it's coming from San Francisco, Bay Area, in the form of tech. Right. When my grandfather moved to California from Texas, he moved because his mother's sister had moved out here, and she wrote a letter talking about how nice Campbell was and that they should maybe leave Round Rock, Texas, which was pretty Mm. hard, and come to the orchards in Campbell, which were really nice. Now, the orchard he eventually came to is now a parking lot, literally, not figuratively, and it's part of Silicon Valley. All of those orchards are gone. It's just urban sprawl. But the more important point is back in the day, people didn't hear about California so much by megaphones as by one-to-one letters saying, hey, it's better here in this very specific way that yeah. you're looking for yeah. come here you know and it's just it's it's just a very different way of experiencing california or thinking about opportunity yeah that is uh that's interesting it's um you're right that is where our information comes from that's the image that we get and um uh, but but the, the so the thing, so I'm going back to what you were saying uh, earlier about originally the California dream. This is a place where you can come and you can, and through hard, and, and this is what, every, so we've been having these conversations about the American dream on the show, right? And one of the things that comes up all the time is, is turns out you got to, you actually have to do work. You, you have yep. to, you have to, you have to do work, and um, and but the notion that if you want to work, if you want to, you know, hard work and dedication comes up all the time. Hard work and dedication, um, but if you want to do that, and you're willing to do that, then the notion is that you can. Uh, the concept of the American dream is if you come here and do that, or if you're from here, whatever. Uh, that, that you can that you can not necessarily be a huge glamorous success, but that you can have what you described a minute ago, which is a, a, a good life where you can take care of yourself and you can have a you know basically better, richer, fuller life than you might have had somewhere else, or than you might have had if you didn't do the hard work. And uh, and one of the things that people I've had a few a couple of different guests now that have you know come here from other countries as adults, right? And 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 one of the things that always comes up is is well, you can come here and you can just do a whole lot of things that you know Americans take for granted that in other countries and not necessarily like the evil authoritarian countries but in a lot of like reasonable countries you just can't do like you can't just decide to start a business or you can't you can but it's very difficult and it takes a long time and so so we're relatively unencumbered um, and so I'm saying all this to say that the description that you just gave of California is sort of like the like the classic California dream is kind of like epitomizes that whole notion, right? That was, that's, that's what California was. Um, And it's interesting because it may be just me, but I don't think, I don't think people who aren't from there, that's not how we think of it anymore. I think, I think that's fair. And I think there's something else in what you were saying. Um, You know, I, after last time we talked, I sent you, 
the link to that book by Studs Terkel called Working that mm. I I just think is magnificent. What what Terkel did was he interviewed a huge number of people about their jobs. He interviewed you know he interviewed a grave digger. He interviewed a prostitute. He interviewed mm-hmm. a secretary, and and each of these interviews is about um, a page and a half, two pages of people just talking about their their jobs. What's so fascinating about reading them is not the details of the jobs, though you know some of them are pretty interesting. It's that at the time he did this. Every single one of those people so obviously found dignity in the work they did. You know, they were talking about hard jobs Mm -hmm. that they took pride in doing well. And because they did their hard jobs well, they had standing in their community. They were somebody, even if they weren't much of anybody. And I think we've kind of lost the sense that Mm -hmm. it's just fine to be you to to be on your own adventure work wise so long as you put in the time and work hard that's a respectable thing to do and i think particularly in parts of the country where it feels like um people are gaming the system thinking of uh back when i lived in new york real estate was like where all the shady people went to play sure right because yeah. it was like there's money on top of money and really it was about how shady can you be and how right. how much right. risk can you take on or out here where sometimes the story is you got lucky with a good idea somebody showered you with money and told you how to run it and all of a sudden you're a billionaire that obscures the fact that i think for most of us the important idea here is that work hard play by the rules and you'll be okay and you'll be respectable and you'll be respected i think in the center of the country we believe that i think in texas in indiana in you know michigan it, it there there's a dignity in work and a sense that you're going to find dignity in work yeah i don't think people believe that about california It's actually still true. It's very true. It's a little bit less true in some places where there's more money than dense, but it's still very much part of our DNA here. And I think those loud megaphones that characterize this part of the country drown out that reality. But you see it in places like Antioch. And you also see it, once you see it in places like there, you see it everywhere. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I you're right. I, I, I think we don't think we, we think of um I think most people uh who, who if you think about these things, which maybe most people don't, but we we think about the uh, fly everything there's there's the east coast and the west coast and everything else is flyover country. Um, you know, everything uh we think of the east the East Coast and the West Coast as being something distinctly different from each other, similar in some ways, similar in some ways, but they're distinctly different from everything in between, uh, with yep. the exception of maybe Chicago, which is sort of like misplaced because it probably <laughs> should be over there or over there. <laughs> and, um, uh, and, but, but uh, you know, I guess that's... Uh, I, I wonder if um, 
I, I, so I wonder what kind of effect that has on, um, you know, just in, in terms of the whole, because we see this now, right? There's so much, um, you know, people are talking about the country has never been more divided and, uh, and polarized and, uh, and things like this. Uh, and I don't know if that's really true. I don't know if, if it, it certainly is, seems more divided than it has been in my lifetime, but I, you know, I don't know. There was a civil war once that's pretty divided. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, but if we, it's, it's ironic that in spite of all of our, all of our ability to, have instant access to information from everywhere and social media and everything else we have um if we can't have a fundamental like accurate understanding of what the different parts of our country are like and the people who live there like if we have a if we have a misunderstanding about places then i don't see how uh, you know what i'm saying like that just sounds that just seems like all kinds of bad that just sounds like like that's just going to continue to cause problems you can't know how somebody's life is until you've walked a mile in their shoes sure and i think right. that the big problem we have right now is that we don't do that um my grandfather was born in 1906 one of the uh, most impactful things in his life was as a young man he and a friend of his took a Model A Ford across half the mm -hmm. country. They drove it and they, you know, they camped on the side of the road. Nobody else was doing this. He learned about the country. World War II came. A bunch of young men went to Europe, went to mm -hmm. Asia, came back here. They had skills. They went camping. They explored this country. They saw places. They met one another. They met them in battle as Americans. Yeah. We're on the same side, the same team, no matter where you come from. Then they came back and they got in their little cars because they knew how to light fires and pack and have kits. They took their kids camping. They went and saw this country. They cross-pollinated in the same kind of way. So, again, it's like the point-to-point -point letters. Everybody's having their unique unique experiences of the same country and figuring out what it means to be an American. And it's not that you're always right or that I'm always right. It's that it's a big country and we're both right. And that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And, and today we've got highly centralized sources of information that are doing the heavy lifting for us of explaining it to us. We're not experiencing it. We're believing it because our tribe believes it. Yeah. I actually don't think we're that divided. I think if we faced an existential threat and we had to line up, we'd know damn sure who the Americans were. Sure. We'd all yeah. be on the same side. And these huge differences we feel now wouldn't be that big. But I also think they're a lot more amplified than they are real. And look at what we're doing, Texas guy and California guy. Yeah, How yeah. different are we really? Not so much, right? Right. Right. I've got better water. You've got better gas. Whatever. <laughs> that, was, that was so. Yeah, yeah. I thought karma's a bitch. I I was giving you a hard time about about the gas, and now we got to boil our water. Um, yeah. No, that's that's a good point. So I'm I'm looking at the I'm looking at the clock, and uh, I promise you that I would get you done here w in the next two minutes. So uh, that's it's good stuff. Um, and some interesting things there for me that. I, usually I, I feel like I know what people are going to say, but I actually had 
I had no idea that that picture of California is really different. It's it's really different from what we, but 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 your point about yeah maybe maybe the divisions aren't as real as we think because and and I've thought this often uh, in recent years, which is you know uh, a lot. Uh, there's been a lot written. You know, people have done PhDs on why Rome fell exactly, but one of the common themes is that like things got too easy for too long. They didn't have any more enemies. They didn't have any really more, any existential threats. And, and then you can sort of trace that into like how they just sort of became like a mess. And then, and I thought that often about, about us, like maybe I'm not, I'm not saying we need a, we need another existential threat, but, but, um, but it seems like that is when you really find out, right? Like it kind of cuts through all the crap when that happens. Yeah. I think, I think that analogy is useful to a certain extent, but um, I, I think there was also a point at which Rome, at which the Roman Empire gave itself over to being an empire ruled by Caesars. That yeah, fundamentally right. diluted the Senate. And once you've once you've capitulated and put a strong person of any stripe in charge, right. I think you can count the days. But listen, in the interest of time, I want to invite you. Come out and see my California. Yeah. Let's take this show on the road. Let me let me show you around, and um, I'll do the same. I'll come out and see your Texas, and we well, can you've see done that. You've done that. Before. Change our views. Well, I've I've been around Houston a tiny bit, but a tiny bit. Um, we could I'm talking yeah, that, about something a little bit more extensive. We should do that, and we could even do some some. We can do some some podcast on the go, perhaps, and uh, and have some. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's see. let's. Uh, we, we, well, I was going to say let's wait until the weather gets good, but the weather's always always good there. <laughs> no, it's it's winter. We we can wait. We'll wait till the spring. We'll do it in the spring. All right, sounds good. All right, David Kippen, thanks again for uh, making time, and uh, always it's always a great time talking to you. Appreciate it. Great seeing you too. Have a great rest of your day and Merry Christmas. <laughs> ¶¶